Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Ryan O'Donnell. He is the co-founder and CEO of two tech platforms that are used by thousands of companies of all different sizes to generate a consistent sales pipeline. The first one is CellHack, and that's a Chrome browser extension that allows you to build targeted prospect lists. And the second is Replify, which automatically sends out your cold emails so that you'll never forget to follow up again. Ryan started his career on Wall Street as a broker. He was making 500 prospecting calls a day, but he decided to follow his passion, which is in technology, and he joined Right Media, which was later acquired by Yahoo. And then after three years there, he left and began his own entrepreneurial journey. So we're very excited to have Ryan here today to talk with us about how to simplify and automated, automate growth with email. Welcome to the show today, Ryan. Kelly, glad to be here. And I, you know, I think um, about this show and thinking bigger and immediately my mind starts to go into thinking smarter and faster and, and, and that. So I'm ready to get into this conversation. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. You have two companies for helping other companies grow faster using automation and, and basically to grow their their pipeline. Tell us, you know, at a high level, because I know that you know that you do all kinds of things with these companies. But at a high level, what services do you offer, and how do they work to make businesses more productive with their marketing? We got our start. So I, I'm able to run two different businesses because I figured out how to automate the things, you know, these tasks that take up so much time and, and take us away from running our business. And I've got the, the good fortune of building two businesses around solving problems that I had personally, bottlenecks in my own companies, reasons, uh, contributing reasons why companies that I've, I've started in the past uh, did not have as much growth as they could have um, and didn't realize their potential. So we built CellHack and we built ReplyFi uh, primarily, for the, primarily for the B2B market, right? So whether you're a business owner, a consultant, a coach, uh, a solo entrepreneur, a, a founder of a small team, a, a VP of sales at a large organization and you're, and you're here listening, um, there are activities related to your growth and to your sales that either you or your team are spending their time on when they don't have to. So we built out solutions solving a problem that we had personally to help with the prospecting and list building and, and you know, email address and phone number verification. And then we were running that business for about four years. And the natural offshoot of that business is once you have contact information, what do you do with that? Right. And what we're hearing from our, from our clients over and over is they get these emails from us at CellHack and then they go to their Gmail or, or Outlook or whatever system hosted their corporate email, and they would literally sit in front of the computer, open up a Compose window, paste in the email address, and then they would have this, this email template, this you know, initial cold email outreach template sitting on a notepad somewhere that they, they'd copy and paste, and folks were literally sending out emails one by one. Mm. And 
we know that to be successful, you need to send more than one email. So you need to follow right. up. And we tend to see that, you know, camp, you know, email sequences of five to 10 emails, that's initial email and follow up sent out over the course of 30 to 45 days. Um, because you're getting the message in front of your prospect at a time, you know, the first message might reach them at a time that's not convenient and you might not get a response. So you need to keep following up. The challenge is that these folks are going in to their inbox, sending that first email, scheduling time in their calendar to send a follow-up email, and then repeating that process if they even do remember to follow up. So that was broken, and we built Replyify to fix it. Okay. So you, you, you got the, them started, and then you've got the follow-up component built. And I want to just confirm or clarify, you're not providing the platform to send the emails, right? You're, you're providing the process. In other words, you don't have to switch email platforms in order to use your services. We, are, we plug into whatever email system you use, whether, okay. it's, whether your email is built on Gmail or Google Apps or Office 365 or Outlook. Right, your your IT department, you know, set up your your email system. You have an email address. Um, we are a a tool that plugs into that system, and the same way, and the integration is the same way you would you go out and get a new smartphone, and you want to add your your personal or your work email address to your smartphone. You add an email account. You put in your your username and your password and your your credentials there, and all of a sudden your email appears on your smartphone. It's the same level of integration. Um, okay. What we're doing with our clients, though, is we're giving them the ability to take that initial cold email, that intro email that they would send out, and then their five to ten follow-up emails that they would send, that they would have, you know, before finding us, they would have sent those out one by one. We're giving them the option to essentially pre-write those emails and those templates, allowing for customization, and then our system takes over, sending out email one on day one. And then based on the rules that, that are uh, defined by our clients, um, you know, there might be a two-day wait period between email one and follow-up email one. Mm -hmm. So follow-up email one will automatically get sent out to anyone who hasn't replied to email one. And it just keeps going through that sequence. Okay. Do you actually offer the uh, messaging service too? By that I mean you, you just said that there's templates, but there's also customization available. Do you provide that language for them as well? Or is that up to the customer? We have provided it in the past. Uh, we're, we're not consultants by trade, uh, but there are times where opportunity and timing line up. And you know, we've, we've engaged in copywriting exercises. Uh, Replyify is set up with uh, three example campaigns. Mm -hmm. So you can go in and kind of see how, uh, you know, from an example purposes, um, how to reach out to different target segments. Um, there are email templates in there. Our, our blog, blog.replyify.com, also has a couple of different posts on there that have example templates to use. At the end of the day, though, um, you know, our clients and the folks here listening who, who own or operate or you know, manage growth for their business, you know your business way better than anyone who's going to be writing content for you. And you're already writing those emails. So, you know, when we work with a new client and they, they raise that question to us, we, we typically say, go and look at the emails that, that you're currently sending to your prospects. What we're going to do from that is we're going to build off of that, right? We're going to, we're going to pull all those together. We're going to put those in, or we ask our client to put those into a logical sequence 
inside of Replyify, and then we'll, you know, if asked, we'll review those campaigns before going live or, or suggest some things to add. But for the most part, um, you know, if you're sending emails to your clients right now, you've got most of the work already done. It's just a matter of taking those email templates that you're already sending to folks one by one and putting them into a system that's going to allow you to not have to go into your inbox and send them one by one and dig around. And it's going to free up a couple hours a week because, you know, our system is going to send out those emails directly from your inbox to your prospect. It's one-to-one -one communication um, at scale. Got it. You know, a lot of people might be listening to some of this skeptically. Uh, oh, I, I get so many emails in my inbox that I never asked for. Uh, how how am I going to, using your system, how am I going to set myself apart from the true spammers, the people that I've never done business with, never asked to do business with, and yet you know, they, I, I get their uh, sales emails, their marketing offers. How, how do you reply to that kind of skepticism? I mean, this has been the way of the world for doing business, right? You can go back. 10, 50, 100, 200, 300 years, people who own businesses who sell a product or service, in order to find new clients, um, there are multiple ways to go out and find those folks. Right? You can ask for a referral. You could buy an advertisement. Um, you know, unfortunately, there have been some bad actors in the space who've you know, used email as a mass uh, communication tool, you know, snake oil salesmen. Right, who are right. Who, who are not following? Um, if you're based in the U.S., you know uh, the can spam regulations. While they're complex, uh, the government does a good job at at simplifying the different requirements you need to meet to stay compliant. We've actually we've actually posted about this. And we, we've we've even simplified their simple process. Um, the first thing is just stay, you know, spam, uh, can spam compliant. That's the first place to start, and and. It, if you send spammy emails or if you are a spammer, it's pretty clear that in what you're doing. If you're representing your business and you're trying to start a conversation with a new prospect and you follow some of these regulations, which aren't very difficult to, to follow you know, for a scrupulous person, it's sending, you know, it's sending an email address um, claiming that you are who you are. Right. right? It, it's not using deceptive subject lines. It's not actually selling something in your email or offering an, a, a promotion or an advertisement. It's honoring an opt-out. It's monitoring what other people are doing on your behalf. I, again, th these are th these are things that you know for most of us they're they're commonplace. We would we would do them anyways. It's the bad actors out there who've you know given email somewhat of a bad name um, in some capacities who ignore these regulations and and it's it's turn and burn for them, right? Sure. They, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a volume play, and and when when one email account gets shut down, they spin up another one. But for the business owner who's listening here, right, this this is this is nothing new. Um, you know, back in the '50s, there were folks going around door to door selling you know blenders and and vacuum cleaners, like, and, and there are still people doing that, right? There are people who make cold calls, right? And then there are folks who send cold emails. I believe that email is the most effective and most efficient method of communication. And starting a conversation with someone that you've, you know, otherwise wouldn't have the ability to speak with um, about potentially, uh, you know, having some sort of professional relationship. Okay, 
you have been uh, you had been talking about your templates and how you can customize them as well. So uh, when you talk about the customization, tell us about some of the key things that you would want to include in an email to get people's attention, potential prospects' attention. So the customization, I think, starts a couple steps before you're actually writing. Mm-hmm. And when it, you know when we have clients you know come to Sellhack and they start to build their lists, right? Uh, the worst question I get is someone who comes to us and says, "Hey, I want to build a list of 10,000 uh, you know prospects so I can send them an email." We say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, what are you going to do if you have th- you know 3,000 of those 10,000 people re- reply to you that they're interested? Do you have the sales <laughs> team to manage it?" So, so the first step is figuring out, you know. Um, if you're the only one selling or if you have a team, what's your capacity? How many calls or demos or whatever the outcome of your cold email is, how many, you know, how many of those outcomes can you manage in the course of a day or a week or a month? And that's going to help you find a number of new leads or new prospects that you need to go out and find and initiate in a cold email sequence. For some folks, it's a daily habit. They, they go out, they build a list of 50 new prospects online, you know, searching any of these social media sites and, and finding their prospects. And then they push those into, you know, a service like Replyify, which automatically sends out email one and then continues to send those emails until the prospect replies back that they're interested or not interested, at which point the email campaigns automatically paused. Um, and, and, you know, it's a matter of, of finding that optimal number, right? So going one yeah. step before that, it's segmenting your prospects. It's taking your assumption about who you think your prospects are and coming to the realization that, you know, in order to personalize an email campaign, um, you need to segment your prospect segments. And what I mean by that is um, I, I would, you know, a lot of our clients are, they're, they're entrepreneurs, they're founders, they're CEOs, they're, they're you know, uh, one to 10 employee companies, but we also work with the enterprise. So I have a number of different prospect segments, right? They care about different things. A VP of sales at a 10,000 person company um, cares about, you know, has a much different, uh, uh, has a much different way of looking at the value add that we could bring to them than a, 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 a solo founder, right? At a, at a new consultancy, the VP of sales at the 10,000 person firm, is reporting forecasts up to the CFO to report to Wall Street to help make decisions about, um, you know, how to grow the company. The, the single person, you know, sole entrepreneur needs to go from zero to one and cares about how they're going to pay the rent or the mortgage or, or feed the kids. Right. right. So there, yeah. there are different motivators. So as you start to segment your segments and figure out how many prospects you actually need, then you can start to write email campaigns that have persuasive copy that's relevant to the different segments that you're going to be communicating with, right? Mm-hmm. Once you write those up, then the, the, that's the customization and the personalization. Then you can start to add in, you know, using their, their first name or referencing their customer or referencing other companies that you work with to give you some social proof, right? And, and you yeah. know, our system's got the ability to kind of you know, take a data set that you have and automatically fill in high first name, right? I saw you work at company name. You know, we work with companies like your competitors, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, so 
for the time we have today for this conversation, I'm going to pause on that and just, you know, for folks who have more questions, um, it's, it's, if you've never used automation like this, um, you know, go to replyify.com, get a free account, and, um, and, you know, start to work with it. Um, we've got a lot of helper text there. But I'll pause on, on that unless you okay. want to dig in. Yeah, replyify.com. I do want to ask uh, a question here that I hear a lot, and that is, you know, your subject line really has to count, and then if you want to go one extra step, make sure that that first line or that line that's going to appear before somebody even clicks on the email to open it, you know, that is visible. Those two really have to be strong. But from what I've read about your philosophies, you said every single line is important. Tell us about that. Every line is a gateway to the next line, right? So when we think about our cold emails, you know, folks out there will they'll always talk about having a clear call to action, right? Or writing concise emails. And, and I believe the same thing. I like to see cold emails that are no longer than three to five sentences. I want cold emails that are text only, no images, no fancy HTML, right? These emails need to look like they're getting sent from a boss to a boss, one-to-one -one communication. So your subject line is, is actually, your, your name is the first thing that a prospect is going to see in their inbox, whether they're, they're checking it from their phone or their computer. Right? So you, the first thing you want to make sure is that you have your name configured correctly in, in your email server. Right? Next right. is your, your subject line. That's the next thing they're going to read. And one, one daily practice that I have that I suggest to folks, especially for those, who are, those folks sitting there saying, gosh, how am I going to come up with five to ten emails to send out to these folks. I'm not a copywriter. I don't know what to do. Um, like I said before, look at what you've already been sending and start there. Second place to start is pay attention to the, the cold emails or the, the unsolicited emails that you receive. And pay attention to the emails that get you to respond or get you to or you know signal that you should delete them right away. And I actually, I actually have two folders in my inbox. One is good cold email examples the other is bad examples. And I borrow from the good, and I make sure to avoid the bad. So I'm sure you could go into your inbox and find some examples of these right now. Um, and if you don't have any examples, it's, you know, pay attention uh, for the rest of the week, and I'm sure you'll have a couple different examples that could fit into either category. Mm -hmm. And, again, help you kind of serve as, as, as that guide in building good content. But your subject line should get the, the – the recipient to open the email, and then your greeting, you know, uh, you know, hi Kelly, right? Th that's imperative. It's important to, re to refer to the person by their first name because saying something like hi sir, hi madam, hello there, just signals that you didn't do your homework. Right. So you want to make sure that that you get the first name in there, and then the first line of your email we typically look at that is that's the connection statement, right? You want the person to read that. And you want to invoke, uh, you know, you want to invoke some sort of, of emotion there. You want to build rapport. You want to, you know, if you did your research and they, um, you know, if I was contacting you, and I think when I, when I did reach out to you, um, you know, I spent some time, um, you know, listening to some past episodes and reading content and dug what you're working on. I made sure to, to call that out, right? So after yes, your, you your next line, every line is a, the, the goal of each line um, of your email is to get the recipient to go and read the second line and then the third and then the fourth 
and then finally to take action and, and follow your call to action. And it might be a phone call request, a meeting request, a suggestion that, that you, you know, get together or, or that, that they join a webinar that you're hosting. Everyone has their own call to action. But the goal of the email is that each step needs to, needs to drive the recipient to the following step, ultimately, you know, ultimately escalating into this very simple to comprehend and act on a call to action that's going to you know, allow the recipient to make a, a decision as to whether or not they want to follow up with you. Sure. Do you provide any kind of reporting? Or is that something that the yes. customer needs to track? No, it's, it, it's full reporting. Um, you can report on opens, clicks. We have something called Hot Prospects, which is our, our own algorithm that, that calls out to you when someone has opened an email multiple times or clicked a, a link multiple times, and we'll show you what they clicked, where they clicked from, what device, was it their computer, was it their phone, and, and we'll actually, so you can do historical reporting, and then we have real-time notifications as well. Again, these are not things that you can get if you're sending emails one by one from your Outlook. Right, yeah. Talking about the uh, type of device, smartphones, you know, a lot of people get the vast majority of their email via their smartphone. How has that changed the way in which you should uh, tailor your email? So I think there, there are two different categories of people that, that you're emailing. Right? One, category are, one category is folks that you've never had a conversation with and who have not given you permission to uh, you know, communicate with them with any sort of, of you know, sales or marketing or, or account-based um, uh, emails or, or other forms of communication. Right? The other camp falls into you know, folks who have opted in. Those are your subscribers. Those are your customers, you know, former and, and, and current clients. Those are your prospects who said, yes, I'm interested in talking. Right? So the goal of the cold email campaign is not to, it's not to sell them anything. Right, that would go against the can spam regulation. Mm -hmm. The goal of the cold email campaign is to get to a point where that prospect opts in and and tells you that they're interested or not interested. Right, so the fancy email templates and and the the typical marketing that you're doing right now, or the newsletters that you're sending out, and and you know I think there is a place for beautifully designed HTML templates, but the phone hinders that because images don't always load. I know my security yeah. settings are set to not load images by default. I got an email yesterday that, you know, all I saw was was basically the file name because the email that I got had no text in it. It was literally just like one big picture. And uh -huh. I didn't open it up, right? They, they didn't know what they were doing. I, I, I had no interest in downloading an image to, you know, to see what they built. So in the spirit of, of cold email where you've never engaged with that prospect before, you want to make it look and feel like it's coming you know, from you, from the business owner, from the, the sales representative, um, you know, being sent directly to you know, a being sent directly to someone else that you've researched and you want to make it look and feel like it's coming from your inbox. And you don't want to have you know those those different formatting um, components in those emails. So we're a big fan of text-only emails, three to five sentences per you know per email with a clear call to action, and then five to ten emails 
sent over a course of 30 to 45 days. Okay. And another thing that I've noticed that mobile uh, computing, you know, because of your smartphone, has contributed to is you'll catch people in a moment sometimes where, you know, they're compulsively checking their email, and I'm guilty of the same thing, uh, but you're not in any position to act on it then because you may be in between meetings, you know, sitting in your car, sitting in a waiting room, uh, waiting, waiting for that meeting to start, and you see it, and you open it, and so therefore it goes, or it might be the weekend, or it might be the evening that it pops up, and so it just keep it gets pushed because it's open, it gets pushed further down uh, in your inbox, and then the next morning comes, or the next time you're at your desk where you really made time to start responding to emails, you go to the ones you haven't read yet, and all of the ones that you opened on your smartphone real quickly in a moment when you couldn't act on it are now down at the bottom, possibly lost and forgotten. So uh, how do you deal with that? This is exactly – so great point. This is what's happening in your prospect's inbox. This is why you can't take it personally if they don't respond to you after the first email. It's not that they don't like you. They're busy. Or they, caught, or they caught your email while they were at their kid's soccer game or sitting down to dinner. You were not their first priority. This is why it's of the utmost importance that you need to continue to follow up. And what I found is, is nine times out of ten, my persistent follow-up with my prospects over time um, has been well-received and, and fallen into the Ryan, thanks for following up category. Sorry, I've been, you know, really busy, right? Yeah, and right. And I've had folks even say to me, you know, if, if I get an email from someone I don't know, I will, I will purposely not reply to them until they've contacted me at least three times or at least five times, right? Interesting. So there are, there are prospects out there who, who apply different types of filters to people who don't email them. Or, or who don't know them and email them. And, you know, our whole value proposition is the fact that timing's not always going to be right. Or your message, your original message, isn't always going to be on point. So, you know, taking the approach that you're going to send out multiple emails that say different things over the course of, you know, a couple weeks, that, you know, you've got a much higher likelihood of, you know, getting the prospect to read and engage with your email and you know, then you would have if you sent one email. And then the the, the second point to your comment on maybe not the right time from, from your phone. Um, I design email campaigns and I design my calls to action specifically so that that person can take action on my request from their kid's soccer game, from dinner. I want a very simple, clear to understand and easily actionable call to action. Right? So I ask them, how does your calendar look next week for a quick call to see if there's a fit? How are Tuesday mornings for a quick call, I'll put in parentheses, you know, 10 minutes max to see if there's a fit? Right? I want to make it really simple for them. No one wants to get on a 30-minute or, or hour-long call with a salesperson who they know is going to you know, take up all their time and, and show them a bunch of things. And I don't want to waste an hour of my time. All I right. want to do is I want to ask you, you know, three questions, qualification questions. I want to ask you three questions because I respect my time and I respect your time to see if we are a fit. And if we are a fit at that point, then we can potentially schedule some more time 
um, you know, to go through a demo or talk through your business needs, right? But the goal of my email, of my cold emails is, you know, to get to a, a qualification step where we can figure out if there's a fit, right? Not to sell them a product or service, not to invite them to an hour-long meeting. Exactly. So one last question. There's so many that we could talk about, but just, just to wrap up here for today, we've been talking primarily about traditional email platforms like Outlook, Gmail, uh, you know, the ones that you use in your office, but along with uh, the mobile phones, the smartphones that are changing technology and the way we communicate, there's other platforms as well for messaging like Messenger, like LinkedIn, even even the I can't remember what they're called right now. The private inboxes for Twitter. Um, do the same rules apply there? Is that a whole nother game? Uh, give us your take on those. I think fundamentally the 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 same rules apply. And if you go back to my you know three to five sentences, um, you know sending out multiple messages um, over time, right, with very simple calls to action. I think those same rules are, are work across platforms um, I don't think there is a there is one platform let me take a step back I think it's a mistake um, for a business owner or a salesperson um, to pick one platform and go all in on it and ignore everything else mm -hmm. I think they I think they work really nicely together and I'll give you an example of that okay so in reply if I when I we, you know, we, we dog food and, and use our own, you know, our software that we build to find new clients. Mm -hmm. And we do it every single day. Um, so Replyify is going to send out this sequence of emails over time um, based on, you know, the rules that you define, right? So email one, day one, email, you know, wait five days, email two, wait seven days, email three, and, you know, it's going to keep going through that sequence. Um, we also allow you to, you know, based on this, the comment that you just made, we allow you to fold in your non-email related activities to that. So maybe your your um, your sales uh, your sales pipeline activities include um, a mixture of emails and phone calls and Twitter engagements or direct messages and LinkedIn requests and LinkedIn emails, right? And you're going to do all these different tasks over time. Um, that is where we see the most effective campaigns, right? Because you're, you're talking to the person across multiple channels in places where, where they spend their time. And, you know, where we see an even greater impact is when you can fold in an ad buy and you can buy some Facebook ads to go along with it, right? Or, or some sort of, of paid search, right? So not just relying on email as a silver bullet that's going to solve all your problems or make you all your money, but having the realization that, you know, automating your cold email outreach is, you know, is a way that you're going to save a couple hours a week at least where you could be spending your time having sales conversations and not sending emails and follow-up emails by hand. Right. But if you start, if you fold other activities into that, um, that can, you know, a person might respond to an email or they might accept your connection request on LinkedIn that might make them, you know, feel a, an affinity towards you and, and maybe build rapport with you and give them a reason to check out your profile and see that you're qualified to do what you claim to do. That might in, increase their likelihood to open and engage with your email, right? And, and there is no one-size-fits-all here, right? But it comes down to having a plan 
and having a, a something that you can repeat over time and having using the right tools that are going to help you, you know, scale that out and maintain a consistent pipeline. Okay, so all these tools, uh, or at least a good overview of them, are available at replyify.com, and you mentioned that you can sign up for a free account there? We have a free forever plan. There, there are some companies that just don't need um, you know, they don't need a high volume of emails, right? They're, they're sending out, you know, 10 or 25, uh, you know, cold emails um, per month because that's all they really need to keep their business going, right? But for folks, for larger teams or folks who want to be sending out more emails, yes, there are, there are paid, paid plan options there. But Replyify, you know, really comes down to um, being the tool that you need to keep track of your pipeline, and your, and your sales-related activities. And, you know, what we've been hearing a lot lately is, you know, folks kind of referring to it as like a pre-CRM, right? Ah. Because they don't need to put the – they some folks look at it, um, you know, look at CRM like if you're not inheriting a CRM at your company and you've got the ability to choose whether or not to use one, um, I'll challenge you with this question. Um, why would you put folks who are not interested – and working with you into your CRM, and, and and let's just keep that as as open, or or we'll talk again in the future about that because we could spend a lot of time there. Oh, absolutely. Um, if if you don't need to waste your time on folks who who gave you a no, and, and a no is okay because a no just tells me that I don't need to, you know, I can move on, and there are plenty exactly. of other people that that I can that I can work with. I don't need you in my CRM. I don't need to. You know, because over time, folks like that are going to compound and they're going to start costing you money and they're just going to sit there. So folks are using Replyify as a pre-CRM. So they're, they're finding a list of, they're building a list of prospects, pushing those into a Replyify campaign. And one of two things are going to happen, or one of three things. The prospect's going to reply back and say, I'm interested, at which point you can move them into a CRM if you'd like, or they're going to say, I'm not interested, at which point I would just say, have thick skin and move on or they're not going to respond at all. And then you've got the choices as, as to what to do, right? Do you move yeah. them to a new campaign and keep communicating? Or do you, do you, you know, put them into the category, the same category with the nose and continue to move on, right? But I'll argue that, you know, Replyify is a tool that you can use um, before, you know, we work with CRMs like Salesforce and, and a number of others. But if you don't have a CRM, Give it a look. You you might not need one to run the sales component of your organization for a certain period of time. There might be a time in the future where that bottlenecks and doesn't scale. Everyone's different, but you know if you're if you're a single founder out there, or you know you're on a team of of two or five or ten, and and you haven't made the call in a CRM, I don't know if you need one. Um, but we have a much better solution than managing your sales from an Excel spreadsheet. Got it. And so go out to replyfy.com, check it out. And if they want to get in touch directly with you, Ryan, can they do that through the website? You can. You can do it through a couple different uh, places on the website. We have we have live chat set up. We have a a you know uh, a team at uh, replyify.com. And replyify is r-e-p-l-y-i-f-y.com. You can email me directly. Uh, if you couldn't tell by this call, um, I love what I do. I love, <laughs> no, there's no I passion love, there, Ryan. <laughs> I love helping folks. 
and we have we have some finite time here, um, like writing blog posts. A lot of the blog posts that we write um, come based off of feedback and questions and trends that we're seeing based on my interactions with with folks like you. Um, so if you have a question um, based on on what I said or I wasn't clear enough about something, uh, Ryan at replyify.com. Let me know what it was, to, and you know we'll go in and and refine that message and make sure that that you know our communication and our message is on point. But the you know the the takeaway from all of this is you know you're better than that. You're better than wasting your time on these you know meaningless activities and for some people the focus is you know the focus is all on cost savings. And when you're just starting a business or or you're running a small company, right? It's always good, or you feel good when you can find a process that does a job that you don't have to pay for, right? But over time, you're going to come to the point where the opportunity cost of doing something by hand and not embracing the fact that there's, there's a solution out there, a web-based solution for just about anything that you're doing by hand. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to suggest that, you know, it, maybe it's Replyify, maybe it's, you know, a number of other tools out there, but there are going to be tools out there that are going to have such a high return on investment for your spend with them uh, with regards to the amount of time that they free up for you to do other things, to work on your business and not in your business, that, that you know, the growth that is the outcome of, of making some of those, you know, maybe uncomfortable decisions initially um, the growth and revenue that you'll see is, you know, the proof's in the pudding. And, sure. and I strongly suggest, you know, getting out there and, and looking at whether it's email, whether it's, you know, phone calls, whether it's how you manage your, uh, you know, your, your client engagement or your, your invoicing process. There are tools out there that can help make you faster and help your company grow much quicker. Absolutely. And or you really have to look at it as an investment. But it's been great talking with you today, Ryan. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. And again, if you're interested in learning more about this, go out to replyify.com. That's R-E-P-L-Y-I-F-Y.com. And you can learn more or get a hold of Ryan directly. Again, thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.